This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Yo! I am Mr. Adam X, your host. You're listening to the Pursuit Podcast on the one and only Out of Collective. Such a great episode for you. But before we get into that episode, I want to I wanna give a shout out to my sponsors. The ones that, that make this happen, that makes the wheels turn, the lights stay on. My first sponsor this week, Rumple. Rumple's on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets. The original puffy blanket is designed for adventure. Built with them same techie materials found in all your favorite outdoor gear. Rumple blankets are durable, water stain resistant, ultra packable, and super warm. Perfect for storing in your van, your Prius, extra layer when the temperature drops absolutely fantastic and these things are they're durable 20d ripstop nylon with dwr finish i kind of use it like in between my bikes so i don't get you know it's gross my rumple's gross but it's it's machine washable it's great it's so good it's been in my van for years takes a beating I love how warm it is. I love it's the feel of a sleeping bag without the restriction. It's got a clip. I can wear it like a cape. Go check out rumple.com. Use code out of 10. Save yourself 10%. Uh, or go check out rumple.com forward slash auto collective. And the code is right there. It's installed. It's, it's on the website. It's there. My second sponsor this week, our friends over at Deuter. Man, I try not to tell too many personal stories when I'm talking about ads, but I've been using this Freerider Pro. It's a 34 plus, so 34 liters plus another 10. It's got a roll top top, hoop hip fins with loops, adjustable sternum belt, load adjustment strap, ice axe attachment, reinforced safety compartment for my shovel, my blade, my probe. A-frame ski holder, helmet mount, volume expansion. It's got all the it's got all the everything you could possibly want in a bag. But here's what I actually like about it. It's built for durability. And if for some reason it rips or breaks or tears or you rip a ski through it, no questions asked, lifetime guarantee. The Deuter promise will fix it, replace it no matter the generation or the reason that it's damaged or defect been pfc free since 2020 and they have a deuter promise for the planet and people the world is round circular and everything in it is connected in one giant circular system we need to be honest we don't need to greenwash the whole thing to make us feel better about ourselves our vision is much bigger than that we call it together for 360 responsibility it's a mouthful and it represents the holistic, all-encompassing approach we take while doing business sustainably. It may not be the easiest path, and it's certainly not the most direct one, but we're convinced that it will be the most sustainable in the end. We've also set ourselves fixed goals and start constantly driving them forward across all areas of business. They incorporate all key aspects, the environment, the climate, animal welfare, social justice, social welfare, and of course, you. So go on over to Deuter.com. That's D-E-U-T-E-R.com. Get yourself a bag. Okay. Now that we're through our sponsors this week, I got to tell you, I got to tell you about my guest. 
And my guest this week is Cal Soria. Cal, like the plant. USA climbing team, photographer, filmer, snowboarder. Had a major injury, major accident, which led to her low her knee, leg below the knee being amputated. So I BTK amputation. Cal talks about it. We don't really talk about how it happened because it's a traumatic experience and we need to respect people's traumatic experiences that they don't always want to talk about them. But we talk about life after the injury and what Cal's doing now and climbing and snowboarding and still shooting and filming. Such a cool story. Such a ball of joy. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but Cal was just a ball of joy. Such a fun conversation. So check out Cal on social media, C-A-I-L-S-O-R-I-A, DM her. I hope you enjoy this episode, because I did. I had a blast. Enjoy. So who is Cal Soria to Cal Soria? I'm saying that correctly, right? Yeah, Soria, Soria, either way. Soria. Yes, I am a photographer, filmmaker, as well as a snowboarder and rock climber. I'm also a below the amputee as about a year ago. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think that's a lot of things. That is many, many yeah, hats. Like that's a, a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to take in. I don't want to harp on the injury too much. We talked about that a little prior, but the injury was six years ago, five years ago yeah about six you had a bad climbing crash things happen we don't know what happened so we're not going there (laughs) i assume because you're only a year from your amputation correct Mm -hmm. yeah so can you kind of lay that out like give me the cliff notes so we don't have to dig too deep into like a traumatic experience and i think that's important (laughs) For listeners to hear mm-hmm. and being like, hey, not everyone wants to talk about this every day. So give me the cliff notes of like, we got hurt, there's five years, and then you make a decision to amputate. Okay. Yes, yeah, took a bad rock climbing fall. It was about 30 feet on the solid rock. I broke my back, like shattered my leg and ankle, but it was the way that my leg broke that it was very hard to wear. So for about five years I knew it was going to be amputated like pretty much the day of my accident I was like I knew eventually down the line they weren't going to be able to salvage it um but they thought because I was young I would have more time it was really a surprise to me even the beginning of last year that I was getting amputated um and then for those years between I had six surgeries before my amputation and had to do like a bunch of physical therapy you're there sorry I can hear you it is for some reason the you know do you know the audio testing thing yeah it's like it was just playing in my ear interesting yeah, that was weird oh weird okay it's still going i'm so sorry oh that's fine no. this is like every episode i ever do with everybody last week they were just echoing okay. non-stop for no reason so that was good 
I'm so sorry. Okay. I don't know if we can. Is it still going or no? I can't hear. No, it's done now. Okay. It's done now. Uh, We'll clip back in. So you started going to physical therapy. Yeah, I started going to physical therapy, getting cortisone shots. I had a million surgeries. A lot of them were like four month recovery times. Uh, I think I spent about a full year on bed rest within those like the five years uh, between my amputation and my initial accidents, like a full year lost because I just was completely unable to walk. And towards the beginning of last year, I just I couldn't sleep. I was in so much pain. My hair was coming out in clumps. And I went to the doctor to see if I can get another cortisone shot. And they, and they basically were like, it's about time. I had seen like many specialists all over the U.S. And all of them have drawn the same conclusion. So, yeah, it was a tough decision. But I think, I mean, even by the end of last year, I would probably not have been able to walk because I would have been in so much pain. So it was definitely the right decision for me, um, yeah, to get it amputated. This is an insane concept to me. And I'm sorry <laughs> if that's not correct to say um were you during these five years were you walking are you on crutches are you i know you said you're on bed rest in the total of a year of that but like what is your daily are you still doing your activities are you working are you still creating content are you yeah i was doing everything in between um after my initial accident, I was in a wheelchair for quite some time because I broke my back. Crutches just weren't ideal to be, you know, using. And then for the most part, I was on crutches for a lot of that period. And then the second that I was like able to walk, I was back to rock climbing, snowboarding. I, I mean, I really prioritized getting outside. It's helped a lot with my recovery process and still, still working, still creating content, um, but did have to take some time in between depending on like what the surgery was so i'm so intrigued by this whole process because it i mean you said you knew the day it happened that you were going to have to get it amputated but there was five years Mm -hmm. six years in between of not having it and then there's a day and you just trust your doctors you go to a hundred doctors like how do you deal mentally how did you deal i know it's still we're all dealing mentally with everything, but like to put it bluntly, one day I go to the doctor and they're like, your best option is just to cut it off. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I wrong here? Right. Or no, yeah. like, is that... <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a common occurrence for a lot of people. Uh, the reason why I knew the day of is because it was that bad of a break. Um, and when I was like seeing specialists pretty much right after for what surgeries they would do. Um, there was just a lot of conversation around different types of fusion processes and braces and et cetera, et cetera. But I did end up like having some really bad arthritis, like post-traumatic arthritis. So my body was completely deteriorating all the time. And I actually wish I would have been able to get amputated sooner, but you know, doctors don't go lobbing off limbs for no reason. You have to do a lot of things before you can get to that point. So I was already at that point. I had like, I had all the fusions, I had all the surgeries, I had everything that you could possibly have and it just wasn't working for me. So it was definitely a shock to me last year, but I knew it was time. my perspective is prosthetics are always evolving and getting better like throughout my entire lifetime and I've already like lost so much time recovering from surgery 
that even though it was like a really mentally tough decision and I, I definitely am not wasn't stoked to have to make that decision and make that call uh, I knew it was the right one and you and a year later 100 percent right mm -hmm. move oh yeah oh completely for sure because now I assume <laughs> well now I assume it's like you've kind of reached the finish line of that race and now you're starting a new race Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. which before yeah, it was just an ultra and there was no finish line in sight like okay here's another surgery here's another surgery here's another surgery now it's like if we get rid of the problem it's game on mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah how i'm just putting this timeline together and trying to like really you're you're a year post-op you seem to have a pretty good handle on this thing. Like life with a prosthetic has to be way different. Tell me about this thing. I'm just calling it this thing. Does it have a name? Mm -hmm. Does it have, again, if I'm offensive, please tell a prosthetic? me. Yeah. Like I would <laughs> name it. No, you know, like... no, 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 <clears throat> It doesn't have a name. <laughs> uh, adjusting to it was definitely a process. It has a lot of upkeep that it needs or like, you know, you're always going to a prosthesis and your body's changing every single day. So like like it differently in the morning than it would in the afternoon or the evening time. Um, and then with like being so involved in sports, I still think it's relatively new because there hasn't been a lot of exposure to adaptive athletes. So there has been a lot of things that I've had to learn on my own and a lot of testing. So it's, it's definitely been a very drawn out process and it doesn't, it feels like a year has gone by very fast and also like, horribly slow at the same time but i think there's you know what are you gonna do right just give up and and not try to adjust prosthetics or you know give up mountain life because tweaking something's too hard to do all the time yeah if we could know. if we can bottle this this mental attitude you have and just give it to everyone i think the world would be a better <laughs> place and i'm sure it wasn't always that easy and maybe it's still not always that easy but your outlook on it and just from like looking at your Instagram and following you for a bit, like you just seem to have a pretty good attitude about this. Like what is the secret? Honestly, because I, I truly love climbing and snowboarding and photography much. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I know a lot of people say that also, but just my connection with the outdoors and the mountains have really driven my entire recovery process and the fact that I can be out there still now after all these surgeries and you know post amputation as well and I, I get to experience these moments really bring me joy and that's really all I strive for <laughs> like if I can have that forever I'm, I'm completely happy with that so that's definitely a big part of it um, I've also been more involved in the adapt community specifically the rock climbing community and they have really changed the game for me as well because they also are like this they're very they're very positive very driven and incredible athletes um, and some of my favorite people in the world so i'm just i got very lucky i had a great pts great prosthetist and um yeah i get to be out i get to be out in the mountains so i don't really it's like all i really wanted which i couldn't done if i probably didn't get my leg amputated because i would have been in so much pain by now <laughs> so 
I just like I can't get over how jolly you are. Like you're just like, yep. <laughs> I cut my leg off, and now I just still get to go have fun. And like that is like, mm-hmm. I, I know, and I don't want to say it because I I obviously Googled you, but I got to look at my notes. But you're like, I'm not an inspiration. I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? So I think it's cool that people can draw inspiration from me and my situation. But I think that where people drive the inspiration from is unfortunate for a lot of adaptive athletes. Because from my perspective, like having not not been an adaptive athlete before or, you know, disabled, was the perspective was this person's life is like so hard. It's so hard to be alive like that, that it's it's inspiring that can do the same thing everyone else can do. And we're like, we can like, yeah, it's not hard. It's not easy it's a very difficult thing to go through no matter what the situation is or a lot of accessibility but like also i just really feel like you know it's it's a life worth living no matter how difficult it is so when the inspiration stems from the fact like i've been to the i've been like filling up my car at the gas station and people have come up to me and been like you're such an inspiration and i'm like my car was on e did you want me to like (laughs) we're supposed to run on the gas like everyone can do this and yeah so and I also think it's, it's um, with media representation as well, like if it could just become more of a normalized thing or just in media in general that we see more disabled people in the eye. Um, I think that the word inspiration will be used more for like their actual accomplishments. This is just how I feel. Um, I know other people have different perspectives on that, if that makes sense. No, I don't think, I think I get it. I, I understood what you said. I mean, I read the article, obviously, but, <clears throat> excuse me, I, 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 I get it. Like, it, it might sound harsh to some people, but, like, you're not, you're saying you're not an inspiration for, like, just existing. Like, you had, mm-hmm. some, you had a traumatic. I don't feel like victim, yeah. Like. You know, like, I don't feel victimized by my life, so. Doesn't seem that inspiring to me. It is though, because a lot of people could have, you know, went the other direction. They had a traumatic injury, and mm-hmm. then, you know, mental health got the best of them, and they went into a you know horrible portal of depression and sadness, and it changed their life for the worse. Which, for you, it doesn't sound like anything changed. I know a lot changed, but you were like, this isn't going to stop me from doing that. So that is inspirational in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But you living a, a normal life, you're still a human. You still make mistakes. You still do stupid shit. You still like that's that's the best part of being alive is like not everything is an it's like I don't, you know, put fuel in my van and people are like, oh, great job. Congratulations. <laughs> Very proud of you. Like, yeah. But it's. It is interesting because I, not to compare our situations, but people, friends I went to high school with, they're like, dude, you're an inspiration. Like, I wish I could do what you do. I'm like, be homeless and live in a van and travel. Like, it's pretty easy. Like, I wish I could do what you do. You're an engineer. You're married. You have five kids. You have a white picket fence. Like, that's inspiring, too. So I think Mm -hmm. people's concept of reality is sometimes skewed, but it's. I, I really like the quote of just you being like, be you know, I'm not an inspiration. I'm an athlete, which is, I'm sure you will accomplish, you've already accomplished a ton of cool shit, but like that doesn't, 
take away just because you had a traumatic injury doesn't mean you should be an inspiration. That sounds shitty if someone pulls mm-hmm. that clip. <laughs> someone's gonna pull that clip and just call me out. <laughs> so isolate it. Just isolate. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but it's interesting, and it's like, you know, you're still an artist. You're still a photographer. You do video work. You're still a climber. Still a snowboarder. And none of that's changed, correct? Yeah, no, no, that's all the same. <laughs> Have you doubled down? Have you gone like even like I'm going in deeper? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was very solidifying to still be driven after this many surgeries and, and you know, amputation and learning how to walk and all that um, and just being dedicated to it really solidify like, oh, wow, my love for this is really unrivaled with anything else I've ever done and experienced. So I'm just going to continue pursuing it much harder than I was before. Yeah, double down. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this. If you weren't climbing, snowboarding, doing photo, I don't know what the word for that is. I probably should. Doing photography. What would you be doing? Like if my accident didn't happen or if my accident did happen? No, let's just take the outdoors out of it. Like, like what is... Like, clearly you're going to have a career in the outdoors. That's what you want to do. That's what you're inspiring to do. That's what you're currently doing, I think. But, like, mm-hmm. if it wasn't that, what would you be doing? Before my accident, I was in school for criminal justice and sociology. I wanted to be an FBI detective. So I, I would have pursued that aspect harder. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think that's still what I would be doing. I was really into it at the time. That's funny. I have a, my associates is in criminal justice and my bachelor's is in economic crime investigation and technology. Oh, cool. Which means all of my friends work for the FBI, which was really Mm -hmm. my plan the whole time. Yeah. Like, I'll just know them. I don't need to be one. I'll just know all of them (laughs) and then I can do whatever I want. This is my strategy for a living. (laughs) Yeah, so that that was what I was, you know, heading towards. But and not anymore. Yeah. That's out. No, but the moment I had my accident, I it so when I broke my back, it kind of it was okay. When I broke my back, it started and it pressed up against some nerves. So when I was in the ambulance on my way to the hospital, I like couldn't feel my legs. I didn't know if I was able to walk again because the break was so far down my back. And it was short-lived just because of the swelling. But when I was in the hospital with like my shattered leg, I was like, I can ever walk again. I promise I will never work an office job ever again for the rest of my life. And I've upheld that promise like ever since. So pretty much my accident changed my life in, in a completely different direction. <laughs> it's like, man, I can't believe I've, I've spent this much time of life like inside studying when I, when I love being outside so much. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask a question. If you could go back to that day of the accident, mm-hmm. would you do everything the same? If I knew what I know now, I probably would have just not wanted I probably just have had the accident. Like I don't I don't know. 
so there's nothing I would change at this point in time, which is kind of the challenging part because I, in an ideal world, I'd be as driven as I am now and have grown as a person as I am now and have two legs and like have not had to suffer through a lot of uh, pain. But at this point, I don't, I guess maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't change it. I, that's a really hard, that's a really good question. I, I don't know. Because this wasn't, it hasn't been fun the past six years. No, <laughs> and I'm not lot. trying to belittle it, but I, I do think it's a very interesting question because I've asked other athletes with traumatic injuries the same. And like a great example is Roy Tuscany. I don't know if you're familiar, but he had a traumatic back injury and is the founder of high fives foundation and does all these great things. And like, he will say publicly that like his injury was when like it changed his life for the better forever. Like mm -hmm. he wasn't on a good path. He was kind of a dickhead admittedly. And like, that is a crazy, it like almost gives you a second chance at life, right? Like it gives you another way to look like you were in a hospital bed, maybe even in the ambulance being like, I'm never going to work office job again. Like mm -hmm. that is what triggered in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it has been the most challenging thing I've ever gone through, but it has definitely been the most beneficial for me as well. Like as a person and yeah, I've learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, and as you... right now, like as an amputee, like yeah, it has its days and moments, but I mean, overall, like I'm, I'm, I'm still doing what I like to do. So, yeah, that's that's heavy. Like, it's not obviously no one wants to go through that, but it's amazing what our bodies can do and what we can put our bodies through, and then mentally how much it can make or break you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I think we're good on that. I think that's that's as deep as we need to go there. I want to know. I'm just gonna. I want to know about your foot. I want to know about the whole thing. Like it's a full okay. suspension mountain bike. Like there is a yeah. shock in there. That like tell me. Like I want to geek out about this thing. Like it's like. Like how do you pick it? How do you like? Do you have to put? May, excuse my ignorance, but that's what I'm here for to ask questions. So. People don't go up to you when you're at the gas pump and ask you these questions. But, like, you go rock climbing. Do you put a different foot on versus you go skiing or you go – because you ski as well, right? You snow, you call yourself a snowboarder, but you do it all. Mm -hmm. um, I hardly know how to ski, but we're learning. <laughs> okay, that counts. Yeah. Okay. But, like, talk me through this. Like, what is your – I can't believe you haven't named it. I would name it totally, but that's the type of person. I name everything. <laughs> um, what do you call it? Let me just ask you that so I stop calling it it. I mean, it can be whatever. I just, it's my leg. <laughs> it's your leg. I don't have a name for it. I just am like, yeah. But I have one socket right now, which is like the part that connects the foot to my leg. Um, and I just swap out my feet depending on what activity I'm doing. So if I'm snowboarding, I have my snowboarding foot on, which is what I have on now. And then I have my rock climbing foot and I also have a walking foot. So, how, how do they differ? 
the face the face that she just gave me was just like <laughs> how do they dip like whoa people this is how they differ uh, well no it was it's very interesting to me because my friends have different feet and we talk about it um when we were in kentucky we were actually like swapping feet because <laughs> we could do that because we have the same connections so we would try each other's feet and be like oh that's weird that works <laughs> um, i've also used like crampon feet but so my walking foot kind of had a hook shape almost so it's really good for rollover and it's lighter weight so it's a great everyday foot and my snowboarding foot has a mountain bike suspension to absorb shock um which is nice and it also has different adjustments so if i'm like hitting if i wanted to hit a cliff i, I could adjust my foot to absorb that impact that is which, amazing yeah it's really cool technology um which i can technically snowboard in my walking foot but it, it's crazy the difference it makes like how a simple mechanism like a moving mechanism can change the game when it comes to uh, athletics and then my climbing foot's pretty simple it's very small though it's it's yeah very very small um and that's just i think so you can feel more responsive on the rock like tiny holes like you you have more pressure because your pressure's not getting distributed throughout like a normal size foot I, this is like insane concept. That makes sense. The climbing thing makes sense. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like putting all of your pressure onto one little point. Can you still climb okay? Yeah. Like you've got the grip. You have the. You have, have you gained the confidence back? I'm working on it still. Um, it's hard to trust it sometimes, but that's just more of a uh, takes time kind of. Do you mountain bike? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Why not? That's terrifying. Going down that bike, I would never. <laughs> you can pedal up too. You don't have to just go down. Oh, that sounds fun. Pedaling, pedaling <laughs> uphill. <laughs> you climb rocks oh, for fun. This is like. Yeah. We're arguing the same thing here. Yeah. Okay. Great. What? trying to think of the best way i just had a conversation with cy whitling um he is now the gear editor for powder magazine and actually you guys would be great contact because he he's doing all the gear and reviewing it but he wants reviewers who aren't who are like you like who are like he doesn't just want to do like have me a typical white guy who that everything is made for reviewing products like yeah this works great for me i'm 200 pounds and great but what I know you work with seasoned equipment with snowboards. How can we make the gear better and more accessible for an amputee? Like what is the, how do we make it better? Does that question make sense? Yeah, there are quite a few ways. And I know people like to do different things. Having the foot prosthetic itself or even a secondary leg would be so beneficial to everybody foot is very expensive it was donated to me through an organization called wiggle your toes and like through biodapt who makes my foot uh, and it really has changed the game and then for snowboarding shoes i had to demolish one of my shoes like my the one that my set of gun 
because I couldn't get it in and out of the boot easily. And I can't have like a tight boot on it because then it'll restrict the hydraulic mechanism. So there's quite a few things and definitely getting in and out of it uh, as well. As far as snowboards go, I mean, I'm using, you know, just a regular snowboard and regular findings that works well for me. I'm sure other people have pinned it, but learning to adjust your foot correctly because you can't just put your foot on and then have it be good to snowboard, ready to snowboard. It takes a lot of adjustment. So, but I think that's a learning process because it's so new. Like no, no one really knew how to help me. <laughs> I just had to kind of mess with the screws and figure it out myself. Is it your front or and back pants leg? too? Yeah. Pants. It's my front. It's your front foot. Yeah. Like getting in and out of pants is a pain. Mm -hmm. It's my front foot. So at least once you're strapped in, you're in, right? Like you kind of set it and forget it. Yeah. Yep. For the most part, unless I need to like adjust my PSI <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> Do you have like a, a notes of all of your, like how many PSI you run it at? How many clicks on like your rebound? Like, do you have like a full sheet? Or do you just like play it by no. ear? No, uh -uh. I just play it by ear. <laughs> Mountain bike suspension people are gonna be like, no. But like, oh yeah, I know they flood my comments. <laughs> how do they? How did like how did they just set you free? They gave you the foot and they're like, hey, figure it out. <laughs> well, my prosthetist, he's a skier, but I was moving. I was like, I'm gonna be at the ski hill and then I'm moving back to Aspen. Uh, and everything kind of feels fine at first. It's like a lot of tune adjustments. So unless your process just has all day to be on the mountain with you for like multiple days to tweak certain adjustments. But I was lucky enough to be able to FaceTime and say like, oh, hey, I want, I want my foot to be more this way. How do I adjust it to work? Um, and it was more recent that I actually like, I feel like I have it dialed in for what I like. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's also personal preference, right? Like I'm not, I don't just ski once in a while. I ski almost every day or snowboard almost every day in some of the best and worst conditions on the mountains. So it, yeah, it just had to be really fine tuned to me, which I just, you have to rely on yourself to that for that because with your body as well, one thing that people struggle with when they first become an amputee is it's hard to describe what you're feeling and like how it's negatively affecting you to fix it <laughs> because you're trying to describe something that doesn't exist or a feeling that you've ever felt before. If that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it. I don't understand, but I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to like how your first time out, did it just click or was it a suffer fest? It clicked. I mean, I was still very sore post like surgery and like doing a new activity on it. So your limb is taking it like a bit of a beating. I mean, it was pretty fluid for me. It was, it was definitely not easy, but I didn't fall like at all. I didn't fall getting off the lift the first time. I didn't fall down getting down the hill. And then it starts to ache because it's, you know, either a new activity or your adjustments not right or your bindings are all messed up. But as far as like the act of doing it, it actually came easier to me. I mean, I was climbing before I was even walking on my own. So 
I just think for some reason the sports side for me just clicked more. You're an insane human being, and I mean that in the kindest way possible. And someone will cancel me for saying insane, but it's refreshing. Like, it's just refreshing to hear people, humans, just being like, I love this. Nothing will stop me. And I'm going to continue to, like, live my life in the outdoors. But you are not an inspiration. I am not inspired by you, I promise. <laughs> no, it's neat. It's it's really... Because I think no matter what, you would have ended up in the outdoors. Like, if you went to school and you thought you were going the FBI route, I think deep down you would have been pulled to the outdoors anyway. Yeah. Uh, I believe this just expedited the process. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know you. But, like... Mm-hmm. talking to you for 30 minutes that is what i'm gathering you are going to end up here no matter what i i mean i would like to think so but honestly it was so it was such a life-changing experience and it still has been i don't know if i would have just been like had an office job and then maybe hiked every once in a while and skied and I honestly think I would have envied a lot of people who were doing it, but I don't, I don't know. I just have changed so much. I mean, I knew I always loved it, but I don't, I didn't even think it was an option to pursue really before. What made you be so public about this? Like you, you tell your story on Instagram. I'm too old for TikTok. So maybe you're on TikTok and crushing. I don't know. Um, but what made you be so, I'm going to tell this story? You just muted yourself, I think. It says you're muted. There we go. Sorry, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, my mic, my mic died. Um, so... That's such a good question because I really didn't want to be public about it at all. Um, didn't really tell anyone I was getting it like for quite some time, but I was just like home <laughs> and kind of bored. And I just kind of, I started sharing it and it seemed, it was just fun for me to like have some form of expression because I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't skiing. I wasn't snowboarding. I, I couldn't climb. I wasn't doing photography. So I, yeah, what really drove me to do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good question. Because you put yourself out there and now you're out there. Good and bad. People, mm-hmm. people tell you you're an inspiration, but people probably also tell you you're a piece of shit because it's the internet. And that's yeah. like the beautiful thing yeah. that it is like, and putting yourself out there is sometimes great and sometimes not great. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, yeah. it, were you were you an extroverted person prior to this? I'm actually not extrovert, extroverted at all. <laughs> like not even a little bit. My friends make fun of me for like not socializing a ton. Um, no, not really. So when people... It's just different, I guess. 
because you're like talking to your phone in your room. <laughs> so if someone sees you at the supermarket and they're uh-huh. like, holy shit, that's Cal. I follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Oh, I just, I mean, I say hi back. I'm, I'm like normal. I'm normal, but I talk to them, <laughs> ask them what their name is, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's like, oh, hey, cool. Like, thanks for checking me out. Just following along. Do you have any weird encounters? Oh my gosh. Yes. So many. <laughs> can you tell yes. me one? You okay. So no. one of them. Okay working on the mountain like um in aspen snowmass and i had like a station and i would, would work by myself like at the station like every day that i worked someone recognized me from online and i'm like oh you know whatever the whole like well what's your name blah, blah blah well they found out when i worked and started like showing up oh when i worked to the state so that's definitely the weirdest i think one <laughs> just kind of low-key getting stalked a little bit and that same week my address got leaked <laughs> on tiktok and i was like oh man this is this is a bummer <sighs> the internet is insane and it's it's hard because people like you're sharing your whole life so they think they know you right like that's mm-hmm. what i've learned is people not to be rude but like they think they're your friend because they see you every day mm-hmm. which is fine maybe we are friends but they know so much about you and you don't know anything about them that's what i've learned in my little internet bubble fame and i'm like trying to find a way to really because i want to meet all these people and i want to like but like i'm traveling alone in a van and someone in the middle of the desert is like oh hey you're adam x and i'm like Yep. And that's like, who are you? Tell me about yourself. So anyone listening, <laughs> just, yeah. just have conversations. It's really funny. Like, I want to meet everybody, and I'm sure you do. But, like, and I'm not saying that I'm fucking Ashton Kutcher by any means. But, like, you put yourself out there. You tell your story. You tell personal stories. And then people listening or watching think that they know you i mean there's things you keep private there's things so it's it's an interesting thing and it's really cool it's really neat and i don't mean to shit talk it but it is like it's the closest i'll ever be to like sympathizing with i don't know brad pitt who like throws a brick through some photographer's window (laughs) yeah yeah i haven't done that not yet yeah but and again the thing is too only like one person so even if you even if i had like a hundred followers on whatever it was it really only takes one person like be a little bit too invasive for it to be a little bit like troubling um for me everyone else has been absolutely amazing i love meeting people i think it's been great it's been super fun but yeah, like to your point, it, I think it's sometimes hard for them to recognize that, like, we don't know them. Right. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. It's just, you just need to recognize that. Yeah. Like, totally. you just need to, 
I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I don't know what makes it better or worse. And it's do people do you get a bunch of people who always want to ride with you? I get a lot of messages from people, but I mean, for the most part, no one can like I feel like a very distinct factor for me this year would that I'm an amputee, but you can't tell that I'm an amputee when I'm snowboarding really that much. So that's so. A, that works to your advantage. Yeah. Yep. Do you have any interest in like, or maybe you do, but like racing or doing any of that stuff, going Olympics? I know they have categories in like border cross. Does that excite you? Not excite you? I just made the U.S. rock climbing team for para. Saw so that. I'm kind of going Congrats. more that route. But for snowboarding, like I'm not, I'm not really. I've had people reach out from to me from the U.S. team for snowboarding, and I said that I would go with them for like a day or two, but I'm just, it doesn't really, I'm not that interested in racing, to be honest. Same. I don't need a race to tell me yeah. I'm slow. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I need proof of that. So if you had to pick climbing yeah. or snowboarding, I think I know the answer, but which would you pick? Mm -hmm. I would pick climbing. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any big, what kind of climber are you? Because I'm not a big climber, so excuse my ignorance on, mm -hmm. like, the climbing thing. But there's, like, big wall climbing. There's sport climbing. There's just bouldering. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, what type of climber would you categorize yourself as? I do a bit of everything. Um, I really like the alpine anything mountaineer aspect really fun for me i'm trying to get more in big wall climbing but I, yeah i like sport climbing i like track climbing i ice climbed for the first time last year and i don't really boulder that much that's probably my least favorite discipline but it makes you stronger so it does make you stronger ice climbing is the coolest thing i've ever done in my entire life that might oh, be a stretch it's so but terrifying it's, but fun it's it's like the most aggressive delicate thing i've ever done mm -hmm. that's a really good way to put it yeah aggressive and delicate yeah <laughs> like i've never used so much of like my mass body strength all while being like dainty like pink <laughs> you just like mm -hmm. hook this little guy in. <laughs> you're like this is it like but if you hit it too hard then the whole thing could go yeah yeah terrifying it's it's fascinating. Okay, so if you had to, if you had one minute and I had a million dollars for a climbing project and you had to pitch it to me right now, your elevator pitch, what would your project be? Film project. Oh, my film project. You have one minute. Uh, I would, okay. Um, there is this route Pretty Bird in the Fitzroy, and it is a beautiful line. And I think it would be a really excellent film, especially if you could do like make dogs climbing, like trad climbing up it. It's fine. It's a very difficult route, but it's very scenic and pretty, and not a lot of people have done it. And I think that would be a really cool film. Why would it be cool? Work? No, I'm not giving you my money yet. You still have 32 seconds. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, um, just Patagonia. The time <laughs> so bad on the fly like this. Okay, it's very. 
it's it's just very chossy and wonderful and i think that the the people that connect when you're on expeditions like that because you're trusting each other with your life very heavily independently and it's a very exotic process so i think that you can capture a lot of uh you know ups and ups and downs <laughs> through it. And that's what I just want to climb. That's all that's all I really know. This just, is my new favorite question. I've never asked that question in my life. I'm just gonna throw that at guests. If you have one minute to pitch a, a dream one. it's a good question though. I mean it's horrible but it's, it's funny. A good question. I thought about climbing it but I have not thought about filming it. You don't <laughs> have like, a f- it'd be pretty <laughs> I feel like and this would obviously be, you know, up to you and your level of comfort and telling the story but i feel like you're so public about it like this would be a story i don't know how much footage you have from your crashes and your surgeries and like but holy shit what a story and then like going you know even going back to the scene of the crime and climbing like there's your story right not that you need help telling Mm -hmm. a story but i don't know you don't there's no you don't have a film project in mind that you like want to pitch or do? Uh, I am in pre-production with another like producer director for a film project that we have um, in the red this year, potentially, but nothing like I haven't pitched anything for like me being in front of the camera. Cause that's kind of a thing too, is I, I do both aspects. So kind of hard to be in front and behind it but if anybody wants to like do a film project and we can go climb patagonia i'd be so down for that (laughs) that sounds amazing we got to work on your pitch deck here yeah yeah maybe i just need more than like two seconds notice to pitch it nope you gotta have it (laughs) all the time (laughs) gotta have it on the fly um let's talk about photo what do you first what do you shoot uh like i just i'm a rock climbing and, and snowboarding photographer what gear do you shoot so i have a sony 6400 and i also have a canon eos av if you had to pick so i'm not loyal to any brand <laughs> which is insane to me i'm gonna call you insane so many yeah. times there's, we're just gonna be clips of me calling you insane person <laughs> if you had to pick sony or canon which would you pick hmm I really like my Sony because it's very lightweight. So I want to say that. Do you have any formal photography training? No. Mm-hmm. Just hanging off walls and taking pictures. Yeah, pretty much. What drew you to that? It was more of a natural progression when I started hiking. I would take pictures with my phone and I was like, oh, I really like the way that this looks. And it's really cool to be able to capture this moment. And then as I just progressed in more being more aggressive in the outdoor industry, my love for photography grew with it. And I just I love capturing a moment that I can look at and like feel it when I see the picture again it transports me back to that place also after my initial accident i was on so much medication and was basically unconscious for like the whole all the months and it really messed with my memory a lot i have a really not great memory um and i find photography has been a really set way for me to capture moments that are meaningful to me that i can look back on and like it can, it can help like jog memories and 
Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the whole cliche of a picture's worth of a thousand words, right? Like it. Yeah. Yep. I always liked photos over videos, especially like amateur videos, because a photo you can you can fill in the gaps. You can be like, "Oh, that was great! That was amazing! We did this trip, and it was so much fun." And then a video, you look back and you're like, "Ah, oh, it was much cooler, right?" Like unless you're shooting like mm-hmm. high budget, <laughs> but you're like, "Ah, oh, that just didn't that didn't follow through on a on a video on my low budget." iphone gopro video it was steeper i swear you know it's the whole but a photo always captures that moment and that time that brings you back mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then video how did you get into video was it just a natural progression i always liked filming but cinematography is so or just filmmaking in general is so different from photography setting wise and all and actually, I consider a mentor. Her name's Savannah Cummins. She's a photographer and filmmaker for the North Face. And she was like, hey, have you thought about getting into film? And I do anything she tells me to do because she knows what she's doing. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I am interested. So I've just been learning and, and working on some film projects on my own. But I mean, I'm in the beginning stages of my learning process with that. But so far, so good. It's been very fun. I hate film no i should i I hate filming uh i've been a photographer Mm. for 15 years shot weddings forever not a filmer it is so hard yeah (laughs) it takes a lot more planning too I feel like I've been filming, like doing nothing but filming and, and working on some projects and I have nothing to show for it because, because you know, they're more long-term than taking a photo. Uh, yeah. You yeah. sit on it forever. Right. And that's, that's the other hard part about film is you just sit, you just sit, wait, and then you get to release it and hopefully everyone likes it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Talk me through. We won't chat too much longer, but talk me through your creative process specifically. Are you a TikToker? What's your TikTok count here? Give me a TikTok number. Oh, my my count? Uh, are you I, tic- a little over 50,000, okay. I think. So you're a TikToker over Instagram, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk me through that creative process. TikTok for me is more of just like a, I'm going to mess around and kind of do what I want to do. Instagram is definitely more form, on the formal side for me. More recently, I've been trying to just upload more high quality content to TikTok as opposed to I like I would rather post less and then have it be higher quality um, than just me talking to be to the abyss. But I don't really have a creative process for it. I just kind of talk about what I what I feel like I feel. TikTok's very casual for me. Does it does do you feel like TikTok reward you or punishes you for making better content? I think it it the engagement's good on it, but it doesn't get pushed out to a lot of people, I find. Like within my followers it does well, but it doesn't really seem to be reaching that vast of an audience. 
yeah, I I hate TikTok so much. I mean, I hate them all, but like I'm just the old curmudgeon who's like, I'm not a I TikTok for like a week. It didn't go, and I'm like, this is the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. Like it's all just it's all just me being mad about it. <clears throat> but the more people I talk to, the more they're like, just throw shit at a wall and like see what sticks. Mm -hmm. Cause if you like do all this curated content, TikTok doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really care. <laughs> I do a, a little bit of both still, but I'm, I'm trying to get more into the filmmaking side and it's a good way of practice. Like if I have a video idea to actually try to make it high quality. So but. do you film everything yourself? Do you have a filmer on the side who's helping you with this stuff? Uh, I film everything on my own. Um, how long? This is my last TikTok question. How long do you spend on a TikTok video? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, it depends. It really varies. Usually going the higher quality route, I'll upload it to Instagram as well. So I will like, actually get my camera out and set that up. Uh, if I'm just... If I'm thinking of something and I want to film it, I will just film it on my phone and like edit it really quick and upload it. And do you think it does better so or worse? I, I think it depends on what the video content is mostly. But the ones that I kind of just throw at the wall, friend is saying, is it, it definitely tends to stick a little bit more. I hate I hate the internet so much. <laughs> Are people nicer on Instagram or TikTok? I said that was going to be my last question, but this is my last one. Okay. This is something my friends and I have been talking about, fellow content creators. People on Instagram are way more ruthless. I think it's because they're old curmudgeons. Way more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, TikTok, they're, you know, I thought TikTok was like not great. Like, you know, you get your batch of bad comments and stuff, but then you go over to Instagram and once you start growing on Instagram, it's like, holy cow, these people really are they're really saying that right now it's crazy it's bonkers yep it's insane i had someone way neater <laughs> within seven minutes this is all within a seven minute timeline at seven in the morning someone was like posted something and they were like this guy's used to use like a slur this guy's clearly a slur definitely a transplant from california heading to Montana F this guy or something along those lines mm -hmm. sends me a DM this seven minute timeline here writes that comment sends me a DM apologizes which was like wow he was like that's out of my mm -hmm. character I don't know why I said that I deleted the I deleted it I apologize which I was like holy shit the internet's healing then invited me if I'm ever in Wyoming to stay at his house and then followed me. I was like, wow, how do we have this slew of emotions? And like, if this person is listening, fucking hats off for apologizing, DMing, and like, I like, thank you. The internet's healing. Like, what the f I just posted some stupid video. Like, you didn't have to call me a slur and tell me that I suck and like I'm from a transplant. Like, I live in Buffalo, New York. Like, I'm. I'm just visiting guys like but like whoa yeah that is quite a very contrast seven minutes that was what happened which to me on the bigger picture is like 
this is the state of people's like mental states. Like we're just highs and lows mm-hmm. all over the me included. I'm not out of that. And it's just like fuck people like maybe don't say the mean things. Yeah. I don't know. Like but also don't tell <laughs> Don't go up to you and say you're inspiring. So don't say the nice things either. Just say <laughs> just nothing. Just don't talk to me. Just That's a joke. No, but... You guys can talk to me. <laughs> I do think... Yeah, the headline of this is going to be, Cal hates people. That's all it's going to yeah, say. Yeah, um, don't... No one talk to Cal. Yeah, I think the... I think Instagram is meaner because it's an older group. And I think mm-hmm. the younger generation understands the power of the internet and like internet Mm -hmm. bullying and maybe they're a little soft too (laughs) but like we can find a middle ground here and be like okay yeah like do aliens exist (laughs) yes and there's also have you heard of devotees or devotee no it's like uh people who fetishize amputees okay and they're way more bold on instagram that's another that's interaction. Okay. You brought you brought it up. <laughs> oh gosh. What is it called? Comments. Yeah. Uh, it's I think it's like Devo Devote. Like Devo the band? I don't know. I'm old. Devote. 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 Yeah. So I they have an amputee fetish. Yeah. Yeah. So your dating life is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> well how do you handle those you brought this up so this is on you now well <laughs> we don't have to go deep but like there's so many ways you can go with this but i <laughs> i assume people just say extremely inappropriate things to you because they have an amputee mm-hmm. fetish yes correct which is insane like Mm -hmm. guys girls humans we're all humans whether we have a traumatic injury we've had a limb amputated it's not how you hit on people right yeah (laughs) right Right? like most people yeah hit on people for sure how do you do you answer uh, I did blast one guy on my Instagram story more recently because he said the most foul. I can't even repeat it. It was that foul. Um, but I screenshotted it, put it on my Instagram story, tagged him, and I said, oh, I'm sure your mom's going to love to hear this one. And I sent it to his mom on Facebook. That's amazing. <laughs> usually yeah, usually I just delete the comments and block them because it comes to like a mob mentality kind of thing. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't do that often. That was like the first time I like really kind of blasted. Something. Yeah, but good. <laughs> like, the, what yeah. world do you think this is okay to say this to? Yeah, and I'm almost like, dude, you put your real first and last name on there. I can find you and where you work and your mom. <laughs> did what did the mom say? And, and all your siblings never responded. Come on. But I but I hope they had a good talk afterwards. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you answered my question. Do aliens exist? We'll go back to that because I go uh, too deep into yeah, that for sure. into the devote portal. 
<laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure, aliens exist. Yeah, 100%. If you had to describe rock climbing to an alien in less than a minute, what would you say? Mm. Uh, you climb up a, uh, a wall and it's fun because it's kind of scary. Um, and you have to be careful because you could probably, you could die. But you just need to be safe and don't fall. And it, you might be miserable, but you may have a good time. But you also <laughs> may not have a good time. <laughs> and you'll see cool stuff. And hopefully the weather holds up. Um, yeah, two people climbed. Two people roped into each other, going up, <laughs> getting some, getting some word. <laughs> Do we think <laughs> you're really sprouting these on me? Now. That's my job. Gonna... I know. Do you have it, a? I'm I'm very bad on the fly. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? <sighs> Wanna be by the Spice Girls is just a solid one. That's a hit because everyone knows it, yeah. so you don't even have to be up there. Everyone alone. knows it. Yeah. I like the group, you know, I like the group. I don't want to be like the center of attention if I'm up there, you know, just. What music do you listen to? I like indie music, like Rainbow Kid and Surprise. I, I like a little bit of everything, but yeah, Hosier. Guilty pleasure. Oh man, for food, <laughs> just go straight to food. Food's fine. I love ice cream. Like, I love ice cream. I love a good slice of pizza. I love pad thai. Um, I would say, like, that's kind of my guilty pleasure. Like, I love, I like, like, oh, I love going out to eat. <laughs> I don't do it often. But when I do, I'm stoked on it. Hidden talents or talent. I have no, I have no talents whatsoever i've never been talented at anything that's a lie i've never no i swear i've had to work for every for every skill I have. you don't have one hidden talent i can open a beer bottle with my leg that's a hidden talent that's a great talent yeah well there i guess that's it everything else i have no i have nothing else to give that's an open bottle with my prosthetic and that's it favorite tv show to binge uh, i really watch tv um mm, yeah i don't really watch tv i love a good doc like a good crime documentary okay there's a new waco like doc a... i haven't watched it but oh on netflix it's supposed to be phenomenal um let's see this is the end we're at the end where we just ask dumb questions now so you're you're kind right. of free but not yet Whew. uh first thing that comes to mind when i say and i'm gonna say a word so this is just word vomit are you ready okay yeah i'm good at that cat um dog love don't have it powder Did you say powder? Yeah. Yeah, snowboarding. Yeah. Like Spicy. Powder. Um, tahine. Hot dog. Um, I think of my friend Nick. <laughs> Poor Nick. He loves hot dogs. Poor Nick. Career. <laughs> he loves hot dogs. He had like six hot dogs for lunch like last week. Dude. <laughs> Nick and I would get along. Career. Yeah. 
uh, photography. Retirement. Mm, tiny home. Dream. Mm, just climb. Just climb. Crocs. Okay. Um, comfortable. <laughs> Versatile. Stylish. Stylish. <laughs> what is the most, I know you said you don't have any talents. What's the most useless talent you have? I think it might be actually your hidden talent. Yeah, be, <laughs> opening up a beer bottle with my, my leg. Also, was love one of the words? Love was one said? of the words, yeah. Okay, because I was like, have none of it. But I, I don't, didn't hear, I didn't hear love. Oh, I said love and you said don't have it. I was just like, oh, <laughs> I thought that was your answer. Okay, well, yeah, sure, you can do that. Um, yeah, I would say the beer bottle with my leg is probably my most useless talent. A pocket snack. Mm. <laughs> maybe, so, <laughs> mm, uh, maybe like sunflower seed if like the summertime. Like okay. What about winter time? Some of those in your pocket. Uh, I I don't eat meat, but like veggie jerky. Okay, that counts. Yeah. Pizza or tacos. Um. Oh. Tacos. Playlists or podcasts. Hmm. I love a good podcast. Pool or beach? Ah, playlist. Oh, <laughs> you, you uh, changed. I'm gonna swap it. Uh, I'm gonna say beach. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits for sure. Text or call? Oh, call for sure. Comedy or horror? Horror. Waffle or pancake? Neither. What? Yeah. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. How do you take your coffee? Um, with in with uh, as a latte. <laughs> as a latte. <laughs> yeah. This is my last question. I promise. And I'm stealing it from John Croom with Coffee and Van Chats, which is coming out soon. This is a shout out for my buddy John. We're relaunching his show. If you could have a cup of coffee with anyone dead or alive, who would you have it with? I would have a coffee with Jimmy Chin. I feel like that's so obtainable. I hope so. I would love to grab coffee with him. You know, you should have your elevator pitch ready when you do. <laughs> yeah, if I drive 60 seconds, uh, you should have coffee with me because it would be fun and uh, we play coffee. And... <laughs> uh, uh, we like climbing and we take pictures and I do a video and it's a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cal, yeah, that'd be awesome. Jimmy Chin, that's a great answer. That's acceptable answer. Not that I'm the keeper of acceptable answers, but... <laughs> Um. Thank you. One, two. Where can people follow you? Where can they slide in your DMs and ask you creepy questions? This is kind of if you have people to thank, sponsors to thank, and what can we expect from you next? You can find me at Kale Soria everywhere. 
Um, if you're a devotee and want to send a creepy message, you can catch me at Adam X on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Season Equipped for being so awesome to me. And if there are any other sponsors out there that want to help me go to the World Cup Series for the U.S., let me know. Um, I'm very excited. I'm going to start training in Denver here soon. So I'll be competing all over this year and working on some film projects. So, yeah, just be on the look out for that. It's kind of what I'm excited about and what I'm working on right now. Perfect. Uh, thank you again. Cool. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for taking an hour and chatting and sharing your story. You're definitely not an inspiration to anybody, but keep sharing that story because <laughs> I think it, I think it's a, people need to see it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I, this is great. Good. I'm glad you had yeah. fun. 